Thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings at Frisco Church. And now, here's Pastor Matt. Grab your Bibles if you would, your phone, your tablet, whatever it is that you use for the Word of God. We want to look at a few scriptures this morning and, uh, and see, what, see what the Word of God says to us today. Uh, we're going to continue what we started last week. Last week, we started talking about the visitors. Visitors, and I'm not talking about visitors in church necessarily, but, but sometimes as Christians, we make a mistake of treating God like a visitor. We've said it. How many times have we said, oh, we just need a visitation of the Holy Spirit? Now, we need a visitation. Don't get me wrong. I get what you're saying, and I agree. I say it as well. We need a visitation of the Holy Spirit. We need God to come down and visit us. We need an outpouring, right, of His Spirit. Sometimes we make this mistake of treating God like He's nothing more than a visitor, that He's nothing more than a visitor. Last week we talked a little bit uh, about this. We talked about company and visitors and, and, and treating God this way, and we love it. I love it when God comes down here and visits us. I do, I love it when there are these moments in time when it feels like God just pours out and he visits us and he's there with us. There's been moments when during worship I was just lost in his presence. In prayer where I just felt like, have you ever been there where you've just felt like God was with you, visiting you? And, and we love those moments. We love those times when God visits. But God wants much more than just a visitation. God's not a God up there looking at his children going, I want visitation rights. That's not what God says. God's never said that. He's never looked at his kids and went, well, I, I need to see if I can't get them every other weekend and, uh, you know, whatever. That's not what God does. He's wanting far more than just visitation rights to his children. We looked at a few scriptures. We went all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. In fact, the very first two verses in the Bible where God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was out without form and it was void, it was empty. And the Bible says, and God hovered over the earth, hovered over it. Not part of it, just hovered over it. But then in Genesis chapter 3, we see that God forms and creates man and he breathes life into man and all of a sudden, as disconnected as he was when he was hovering over the earth, when he created man, he became connected. And he started having fellowship. And the Bible says he would come down and walk with Adam and Eve and talk to Adam and Eve. And he began connecting with them. And God continued visiting man from that point forward. All through the Old Testament, God visited. He would come down. All through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit of God would move upon people and visit people. And he would come down and speak to people and visit people and, and, and have fellowship with, with, with man and women. And, and even into the New Testament, God continued visiting. He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and visited us. Now, when Jesus came, he knew this wasn't permanent. The disciples couldn't understand why it wouldn't be. But he knew when he came, this was a visit. 33 years, Jesus visited this earth. But something shifted. When Jesus was buried and then he rose from the dead, something began to shift. And he explained it. 
He explained it in John, uh, John chapter 14. He explained it this way. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Everyone say forever. Forever. I'm giving you a comforter, a counselor. The Holy Spirit is who he's speaking of. I'm giving you a counselor who will be with you forever. That's not a visit. It's not a visit. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, what? Remains. He remains with you and he will be in you. That doesn't sound like a visitor. Someone that God is giving that's going to be here forever and he will remain with you and he's going to make his home and abide within you. That's not a visitor. That's a resident. That's a resident. And we looked at some of these things about how God shifted uh, the history of the world when Jesus rose from the dead and before he, re- before he went back to the Father, he walked 40 days on this earth. And then he returned to the Father and he said, but this is my promise. I'm sending you a counselor. God's sending you someone who will remain here, who will be here forever. He's not going to leave you. He's going to stay with you, and he's going to be with you. In fact, he's going to make his home inside of you. God, at this point, had visited man for centuries. But at this time, he was changing things up, no longer visiting, but now abiding. This is why Paul said uh, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple is where God would live. And he says, you are now the house that God will live in. You are now the one that God will live in. You're now the one that God will abide in. You are the house of God for him to live. And an issue that we have and many have and we can all have this issue is we really like the Holy Spirit as a visitor. We don't always really like him as a resident. We really like him as a visitor. We like those moves of God. We, we love it when we're lost in worship and we feel the anointing and the presence of God. We love it when we're praying and we feel that anointing and presence of God. We love it when we come to church and God just pours out and, and things begin to happen and God begins to move. We love those moments. We love it when God visits. We really do. But oftentimes we find ourselves loving God as a visitor, not as a resident. God's not happy with just being a visitor. He's not willing to just be a visitor. He's not accepting that position as just being a visitor in your life. We see in the Word of God that God wants to come here and live with us and live within us. I just wanted to take a few minutes this morning and talk a little bit about, and hopefully this little lesson and this little sermon will speak to us, about the differences between a visitor and a resident. There's some great differences between being a visitor and being a resident. There's some great differences in between uh, these, two, these two people, these two types of people. Uh, there, it, it, let me just say it this way. If you've had company in your house for six months, they're no longer company. Right? If you've had people visiting you for, for a year, they're not company any longer. 
They are now resident. Things begin to change when you've been there for a long period of time. Uh, and, 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 and shifts begin to take change, uh, place in our homes and in our lives. So just a few thoughts. I just wanted to share this this morning. Just a few thoughts on the differences between being a visitor and being a resident and maybe some of the experiences that we have had, I guess, as a family defining the differences, making those changes and seeing those changes. We've had people live in our home different times. We've had family who has lived with us at different times. We've had uh, interns from, the, from uh, college interns who've lived with us for periods of time. Things begin to change when, when they become a resident instead of just a, a visitor. So let's just take a quick look at a few of these thoughts this morning and relate them to, to God in our lives, God in our house, our life. We are now the house of God. So, uh, so what's the difference in between God as a visitor and God as a resident? And we'll kind of look at it naturally as well, okay? So number one, if you're taking notes, number one, company brings out our best behavior. Residents bring out authenticity. Company will always bring out your best behavior, right? If you have kids, you can relate to this. You've got people coming over, and what do you tell your kids? You better be good. I mean, you better be nice. You better be quiet. I remember, I'll share a story. I remember when I was, uh, I can share a couple stories. I remember when I was a kid, our home and, and, and our family, we had people in and out of our house all the time. We always had company and uh, people visiting. And I remember one time as a kid, I'm, uh, I'm about 13 years old, right? And uh, my mom tells me I was a good boy. And I was a good boy. I really was. I was a good kid. But I was a teenager as well. And so when I was about 13, I would guess, I remember we had company and we're all around the table. I remember this fairly clearly and you'll understand why in a minute. And I don't know what I said, but apparently it did not settle well with my mom and dad. And uh, whatever it was, it was rude and obnoxious and I'm sure of that. And I remember mom going, Matt, and she, she, took, she grabbed me. She said, let's go to the garage. Now, I'm 13. I'm like, getting bigger, you know, and I'm like, go to the garage. Go to the garage? What are you talking about? She said, we're going to the garage, and I thought, well, if we go to the garage, let me just tell you, kid. well, there's no kids in here. I'll tell you, parents, you know good and well when you say, let's go to the garage. It's not good, and uh, we didn't have a woodshed. We had a garage, so uh, I remember going to the garage, and my mom just yelling at me and telling me, you need to you know, shut that smart mouth of yours up, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what I said exactly, but I thought this would be a good time to say something smart alecky. So I thought, I'm going to squeeze it in. So whatever I said, it just made my mom bad. Now, I got plenty of whippings growing up, but my mom never really just hauled off and smacked me. I don't ever remember that happening until right now. She ran back, and she, and I was taller than she was. I outweighed her by then. She just ran back, and I, she went back, and I just, bam, I just grabbed her hand. I thought, what do you think? And before I could even think, she came around with the left hook. whoop <laughs> She had another hand I forgot about. <laughs> I 
I've never forgot that. I remember a time we had company and, <laughs> well, I'll just tell you what happened. It's just us here this morning. We don't have a big crowd today, so I can get personal. I remember we had company, some evangelists came in. They're all around our dinner table. I came in, I'm probably again about 13, thinking I'm funny. I sat down, I had the funniest joke. I just heard, I couldn't help myself. I sat down, I said, right at the dinner table with everyone there, my mom and dad, if you know my mom and dad, they're not, like my dad's not a funny person and, you know, whatever. And I don't know why I thought he's going to think this is funny. But I, I said, hey, did you know uh, diarrhea is hereditary? And they're like, what? My mom and dad, I'm sure they're going to, oh, God. I said, yeah, it runs in your genes. <laughs> no one laughed, including my mom and dad. I got to talk a lot. You might, be, you might be figuring this out by now. When we had company come over, Matt, don't say a word. You know, you get, you're seen and not heard or whatever. It, it be good because company brings out our best behavior. Now, how many understands when the company leaves, the animals come back out, right? Like company comes over. Used to. Now, not so much today, but used to. Some of you can remember this. Company comes over. It's like, kids, get to find China. We've got company coming. Put out the nice silverware. We've got company coming. Everyone, you know, act nice. Put a smile on your face. Look nice. We have got company coming. And, and we come in. We've got like this huge turkey on the table and all the fine settings. And it's like we sit around the table. And we're all nice because it brings out the best behavior in us. And then the company all leaves. You're going to see you guys. Thanks for coming. And you shut the door. And it's like all hell breaks loose. Right? It's like, oh, no. And then you're back to like, oh, thank God. I can unbutton my shirt. Oh, I got to go get my moo-moo dress on now. Finally, I can feel comfortable. And, and, and now I'm sitting like Al Bundy on the couch because no one's around. Right? And, and, and it brings out, company brings out our best behavior. When you're just around those who live in your house, well, that's who you really are. That's who you really are. I was thinking a little bit about this and how this happens in our lives and how a company brings out our best behavior and, and, uh, and, and, and how, oftentimes, how oftentimes when we treat God like a visitor, what happens? Let me, let me show you this. When God's a visitor to you, to you and not a resident, what happens is when you come into church, you're coming to visit God. And now we're all on our best behavior. Because God's not only the only visitor, we too visit God. How many has ever said this? On your way to someone's house, you looked in the back seat and said, kids, I mean it this time. Don't you say, don't you be bad. Don't you say a word. If I see anything from you on our way, oh, someone's getting dropped off halfway home. I don't want to see a thing. Right? Because... We want our best behavior because we're visiting. Sometimes we treat God this way. God, I, I'll go to church and I'll be on my best behavior. Then when I go home, I'm a different person. I'm a different person. Authenticity comes out when you're around the residents. I, I, I know Stephanie and I, we know each other pretty well, not because we visit one another, but because we live together. 
We see each other every single day, multiple times throughout the day, and it brings out our authenticity. I can try to pull the wool over her eyes, but she's like, Matt, I know who you really are. And, I, and she can try to pull the wool over my eyes. I can say, Stephanie, I, I know who you really are. And sometimes we treat God that way, and we're like, I'm going to pull the wool over his eyes, and he's going, Matt, I know who you really are. Stop, stop trying to put on your best behavior for me. I know you. I know who you really are. When, when you're resident, you see how people really live. When you live in someone's house for six months, eight months, two years, five years, 20 years, some of you have lived with your parents, right? Some of you have 40 years, I don't know. And, and you get to know each other on a far deeper relationship than you do in a visit because it's not just your best behavior coming out, it's everything that comes out. Have you ever said this about people? Boy, I'd like to be a, a fly on the wall in their house. In other words, I'd like to know how they actually live. I'm not just what they portray. I'd like to know what happens behind the walls. I've said it about different. I've said it about some of you. Boy, I'd like to be a, wall, a fly on the wall of their house sometimes just to see what it's really like. What, they, what happens when the kids are back? I see you on Sunday morning. All oh, the kids are all dressed up nice. and all the, I'd like to see what happens when they're not. You know, I'd like to see what, what really takes place. Because, or maybe, maybe I wouldn't. And uh, I, I, it's this thing that people become real when you're resident. When you're visiting, we tend to put on the mask and we tend to become fake. There's a commitment level. I mentioned it last week to residents that's not there for visitors. There's a commitment level. Like I'm there thick and thin. Good and bad. You know what you don't get the right to do as a parent? Kids act up. You don't get to go, okay, that's it. You're out. They're, five, they're seven years old. That's it. No more. Go find some place. You don't. No, you're there thick and thin. It's just the way it works because you live there. It's a residency. Same thing with God. Same, same, same things apply to that relationship. Reality is this. If you really want to know what happens at a home, volunteer in our children's church. You'll find out all kinds of stuff from kids. The truth. We treat God as a visitor. We treat him as a visitor oftentimes instead of a resident. God's look, not looking for a fake you. He's looking for an authentic, real, true you. The truth of it is this. God already knows who you are. He already knows that. So number one, company or visitors brings out the best in us. The residence brings out authenticity. Number two, we tend to, and it goes right along with number one, we tend to clean up for visitors, not so much for residents. In fact, residents help you clean up. I want you to think about this for a moment. We clean up for visitors. Residents are those who help you clean up. I have never one time said, hey, Tom and Amanda, why don't you guys come over for dinner? Oh, okay. Hey, while you're coming, bring your, bring your dusting stuff and a vacuum. We need you to clean our house for us. I've never invited someone to come over to visit and say, hey, while you're here, why don't you clean up everything? In fact, when we have visitors and someone stands up and starts to clean up stuff, generally, don't we all say this? Don't worry about that. We'll get it later. 
You don't need to clean up. You're visiting. Sit down. We're just going to enjoy each other's company. We'll clean it up in three days from now. Don't worry about it. We're just here to have a fellowship and have a good time together. We, we clean up. How many's ever done this? You've got company coming. They're coming at you, to your house at 7 o'clock, 6.30 that evening. You're running around, Frank, sweat's dripping off of you. Your wife's telling you, go to the bathroom, clean up the bathroom. And I'm running in there looking for a toilet brush. She's over here trying to get stuff cleaned up. And we're, try, we're frantic trying to get everything cleaned up because company's coming. I'll tell you one thing that's never happened in our house that I can remember. Never one time when the kids were in grade school did Stephanie ever say, Matt, run to the bathroom and clean it up. The kids are coming home from school. Hurry up, get everything cleaned up, get everything straightened up. Kids are coming home. Kids are coming. Get the plates set on the table. Kids are coming over. Nope. Never once. Because the kids live there. I never remember, I never remember walking home and Steph dripping with swigging all. Oh man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you were five minutes late. I just got the place cleaned up. I don't ever remember that. Nah, you come in, you come in, you live there. Like, in fact, in fact, what happens is the residents are the ones who clean it up. Now, now, now let's relate this to the Lord for just a moment because I want to bring it back to that relationship. How many times, how many times have, I wish I knew how many times I've heard this. When I get it straightened up, then I'm going to go to church. When I get it straight, I, I think once I get once I get uh, graduated, I think once I get out of school, I'll, I'll probably be able to serve the Lord. Once I, once I get, get you know, through college and once I get married and get that part of my life figured out, I, once, once I, you know what, once I finally quit the drinking, I'm going to go to church. I, what, no, no, wait a minute. You're, you're treating God like he's a visitor. That's not, that's not the relationship that he's desiring. He's desiring to be a resident. Now, think about it for a moment. Visitors come, but they don't clean. Residents are the ones who help clean. Do you know why you need God to be a resident in your life? Because you need cleaned up. Visitors don't clean. Residents do. This is why it's so difficult for people. They're trying to figure out how to get their house clean and, and keeping God as a, as a visitor. And God's over here going, I'm not, I'm not cleaning your house. You've not invited me to stay. You invite me to be a visitor. You go to church on Sunday morning and go, oh, that's so great. And then, and then next Sunday you come back and you visit again. And I can't clean a house where I'm just a visitor. I can only clean a house. I never walk over. I don't go over to Shane and Jordan's house and they invite me over, and I go over, and I'm like, hey, guys, hey, where's your cleaning supplies? Well, I'm here. I'm going to straighten this place up. This is just ridiculous. Give me that dusting cloth. That's, I don't do that. I'm not a resident. I don't have, I'm sure they would welcome that, but I'm not a resident. I, I don't have that ability. That's rude. I'm not going to do that. I only clean my own house. Think about it. We want Jesus to clean us up while he's visiting. He's up here going, I can't do that. I can only clean a house where I'm a resident. You want to invite me in to live? You want to invite me in to, to have rule over this place? That's, I can start cleaning you up. 
Do you know why so many people struggle in so many areas? They want God to visit that area, but they don't want him to live in that area. I told you there's a commitment level. There's a commitment level when it comes to residency. God wants to be a resident. He doesn't want to be a visitor. He doesn't want to have visiting rights. He wants to be a resident in your life. And, and, and we see this in the word of God. I, I love that scripture, Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, where Jesus says, and he's talking to some really righteous people who think they've got this clean house when in fact their house is filthy. But everyone sees this majestically clean house. You, ever, you know, it's, it'd be like driving by this house that looks so, the curb appeals so awesome, and then you walk in and it's just a wreck. That's the way these people were that Jesus was talking to. And he says something like this. He says, you know what? Healthy people doesn't need a doctor. Only those who are sick need a physician. You think you're healthy. You don't need a doctor. But when we realize how sick and filthy we are, then we need a cleaning crew. Then we need Jesus. There's something about this this idea of inviting Jesus to live within us, it gives him now not only the ability, but the full right to start cleaning up. Never one time when we had children at home did we ever go in and the kids were cleaning up their room and Stephanie, I never heard her go back there when they were cleaning their room willingly on their own, which happened like three times. And uh, I never heard Stephanie go back and go, kids, that is enough. Stop cleaning your room. No more cleaning your room. No. No. It, Jesus, when he lives within us, he begins cleaning us as we give him the right. And he has that right to do that. He has the right to begin cleaning up. Uh, not one time did the kids ever start cleaning up the living room and stuff. And he said, not in here, guys. No, don't clean in here. No. No, you live there. I, I live in our home. If I ever come home and I start cleaning, I don't ever remember Stephanie going, Matt, no, no more cleaning. Stop cleaning. <laughs> I, don't ever, I have the right to clean it. It's my house. When we start saying, God, I want you to live within me, it's saying, God, you have the right to start cleaning up these rooms within me, these closets. Ugh. Right? The garage. Ugh. You have the right to go into those rooms and start cleaning up. So number two, we tend to clean up for visitors. And residents actually help us clean up. Number three, visitors change us short term. Residents change you long term. Let me explain this. Visits are great. The fellowship's great. The talks are great. You come over, we have a good time, uh, uh, do you, you know, and, and we, have, we have fellowship with one another. Some of you remember, the, you remember those days when people would just stop by? You remember those days? Like those days are long gone, right? But there were days, some of you younger people, you're not going to believe this. There were days when people never called you. They just knocked on the door. 
I'm like, hey, what's going on? And what's funny is I watched a video, and it was so funny, and I could relate to it so much because I've been there. You hear the knock on the door now. That one time, you'd hear the knock on the door, and you'd be like, ah, everyone would jump up and run the door. The whole family would greet you at the door. Come on in. I didn't know Amanda and Tom didn't know you was coming over. To, come on in. Oh, come and have a seat. We're just getting ready to have dinner. Join us for dinner. We've got extras because you never knew when people would stop. Today, when people knock on the door, it's like, shh. <laughs> you kids, be quiet. Sit down, sit down. They're going to see you through the window. Right? Your army crawling under the window so you get to the other side so you can tell people, you stop talking. People's out the door. They're going to want to visit. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's right, all right. There were, there were people just stop in. And then we were glad to have them. And, it, and it's funny that how, how visits happen. Visits change us short term. They do. People come in and it's great. We sit down, we talk, we may have dinner, I may invite you over. And Tom and Amanda comes over, we're going to have dinner. We'll play a game. Let's play a game. We're going to play a board game. We may watch a movie. I don't, we may just sit around and talk and have a good time. Three hours later, whatever, we're going, hey, see you guys later. And my life really wasn't changed that much. Now, I had a good time. We, we got to know each other a little bit better. But my life wasn't changed long term because of that couple-hour visit. It was good. I enjoyed it. It didn't really change me that much. But when you take a resident into your house, it's a little different. Now, let me give you a couple examples. When you had children. For an example, you and your wife is like, we own it all, right? Like, we have three-bedroom house, and we just have everything. It don't matter what it is. You want a boat, buy a boat. You want a car, buy a car. No problem. Then kids come along. All of a sudden, it's like, we've got a minivan parked in the driveway. And I don't even know how that happened. And I can't afford, forget the boat, I can't buy a fishing pole, you know? And, and what happened? Something's changed. And now we don't have storage. Used to we had three bedrooms. We had stuff stored everywhere. Now we've got two kids in that bedroom, two kids in that bedroom. Our bedroom's a mess and, and the house is a mess. And what? I don't know what happened. What happened is you've got some residents and they change you long term. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you can relate to this. Some of you have probably had to take in an elderly parent or family member. That changes you. It changes how your house functions. It changes how you think. It changes how you operate. It changes where you go and when you go there. It changes everything because you brought in the company. We've never had company change us long term. We say hi and we say bye and we have a good time in between. But, but someone that's a resident changes everything that we do. It changes how we think. It changes how we operate. It changes all the stuff in our lives that we didn't even know would change, and it all changes because we brought in a resident. Now, let's, ref let's, let's refer to God for just a moment. Is he a visitor or is he a resident? You know one way to tell? Are you changed long-term or are you changed short-term? Visitors change us short-term. We have a good time. We say hi and we say bye, and we, we go, oh, that was good. No real change. Just that little 
for that little period of time, that, that little hour and a half on a Sunday morning. Residents change us throughout the week. It's long-lasting. It's long-term change because we've made God a resident. We've made him part of us. When we visit God, it changes us for a moment. We come in, we go, boy, that church service was good. Boy, that song was good. Man, that sermon was awesome. That, you know, all that stuff. But when we actually invite God in as a resident, it's not just changing us for this moment, it's changing us for our life. And that's a big difference. Visitors, they change us long or short term. Residents change us long term. Many want God to move in, but they don't want the long-term change that comes with it. If you don't want long-term change in your life, don't have kids. They change you for a long time, forever. If you don't want long-term change, don't, don't invite in the elderly family member that you're going to have to take care of. It changes everything in, in your home. If you don't want long-term change in your life, don't invite God in to be a resident. Because when you invite God in to be a resident, it brings long-term change in your life. It's different than just a visit. It's different. 2 Corinthians 5.17, well-known scripture says, if anyone's in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, connected with, residence with, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new if anyone is in Christ. There's a difference in between visitors and residents. There's a difference. There's a, it, it changes us long term. It doesn't just change you for the moment. It doesn't, it's not about I feel bad at this moment and I need to pray. That's not what it is. It begins to change you down the road. It begins to change you long-term, the residence of Jesus in your life. There's a few more thoughts here, a couple more that I want to just touch on. And I thought of others that I'm not mentioning, but visitors are thought of while they're visiting. Residents are thought of regularly. Like, again, I'm going to use Tom and Amanda. If they come over to our house, I'm going... I don't know why I'm using them so much this morning, but just look good sitting there, I guess. Tom and Amanda come over to our house. They are at the forefront of our mind. Probably right before they get there, while they're there, and for a short term after they leave. We're over here going, man, that was a good time. Well, we've got to invite them back over. Or maybe you've had company and you went, man, middle note, never invite them back over. You know, I don't know, I don't know what your experiences have been, but, but, you know, it changes you. And you think about them for that moment. They're there. They're in your living room. You're talking. You're having a good time. Your mind is on them. And then they leave. And the next day you go to work and you're not over there going, wow, Tom and Amanda. Man, they're good people. Wow, I like them. Jeez. And, and then on Tuesday you're still going, wow, man, they're good people. Wow, I really like them. No, they're on your mind for that little bit of time. Then you're back to life. Do you know what you don't have the luxury of doing when you have children? You don't have the luxury of going, ah, I'm not going to think about them anymore. I mean, yeah, while they're here, I'll think about them. I'm not going to think about them. 
right? You don't, you don't get to do that. You don't get to, you know, like, I'm just going to forget about them now. No, because they're living in your home, you think about them regularly. I, I, Stephanie and I, we don't have children now living at home. We still have children, but they're not living at home. And, and now we live together, just the two of us. And, and I literally, and you're not going to believe this, literally think about Stephanie every single day. And she literally, I think, thinks about me every single day. I can't say it's all good thoughts, but she thinks about me every single day. Because we live together. We have a relationship. Even when, when, when we, I, I got to watch it firsthand when we were in Africa a few weeks ago. I was with Keith. And every evening, let's see, it would have been in the evening. Now I've got to get my thoughts. Yeah, every evening. Well, 6, 7 o'clock, I'd be like, Keith, you want to use my phone to, to talk to Beth? Yes, I do. Because he's been thinking about Beth, and I'd give him my phone. I'd hear him up there talking like he was 16 years old again. And I would, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. And, and I love you more. No, I love you more. And I'm like, oh, geez, Keith, give my phone back. And uh, go wipe it off and, and use it you know, myself. But uh, I'm like, why is these lips prints all over my phone? It was Keith. But got through the beard, beard lips, what in the world's on my phone, uh, but, but needless to say, it's not like you don't think about those people, they live in your home, you think, I never, I never go to bed at night and roll over and go, oh my goodness, Stephanie, what are you doing here, did not think about you at all and here, well, that's unreal, no, I, that never happens, it never happens, because they're a resident, Again, do you know how to know the difference between a visitor and a resident when it comes to the Lord? If you only, I'm just giving us some helps here maybe this morning. If, if you only think about God when you're in church, he's nothing more than a visitor. Well, think about it. If the only time you think about God is while you're sitting right there in that chair, that's just a visitor. You're just coming for the company. You're just coming to go, okay, God, come on in. Hey, hi, bye, see you later, had a good time. And then you don't think about him throughout the week. That's nothing more of a visitor. If he's a resident in your life, you think about him regularly, daily. There's a big difference there, isn't there? There's a huge difference in between being a resident and being a visitor. When we approach the Lord are we approaching him as he's a visitor or does he live within us? He only lives within you if you've invited him to live within you. It takes me to the last one that we're going to look at this morning. And I think it's a pretty good one. And I've got kind of a story that goes with this. But Visitors knock. Residents walk in. Now, wait a minute, preacher. You just said you have to invite God into your life to be a resident. Now you're saying visitors knock and, get, and residents just walk in. How does he walk? What about that scripture where it says, I stand at the door and knock? That's what Jesus said in Revelation. We talked a little bit about it last week. I stand at the door and I knock. I want you to hear this again. Visitors knock, residents walk in. When Jesus is standing at your door and knocking, he's just visiting. He just want to come in. 
when you invite him in and now you say, hey, why don't you live here? He doesn't need to knock at your heart every time from now on. He lives within there, within that heart, within your life. He doesn't have to come to you and go, okay, I want to talk to you, man. I want to knock at the door. No, no, you've already knocked at my door, God. I've already invited you in to live. You don't have to no, I, Again, we've been married 20, uh, I don't know, 20, well, six or seven years, right? Or, yeah, it's one of those two. And we've been married a while now. I never, I've never walked up to our house and knocked on the door. And when Steph comes and answers the door, I'm standing there looking at her, waiting for her to say, oh, come on in. I've never done that. Are you kidding me? I bought that door. If I want to walk in the door, I'll walk in the door. Right? I'm going to walk in because it's my house too. I remember years ago when we first got married. <laughs> and I remember, and this is good marriage counseling for you, all right? Just, I just told you it's a small group today, so I'm just going to be real. When we first got married, and we were talking about stuff. I said, I'm going to tell you up front, I'm never sleeping on the couch if I don't want to. <laughs> Not happening. All this stuff. You sleep on the couch. I said, I bought that bed. And I'm going to sleep in that bed every night if I want to sleep in it. If you don't like it, you can go sleep on the couch. But that's my bed. And we're going to sleep in it together. We're not getting mad and sleep because, because it's my house. Now, Stephanie could say, it's my house too. And I'd go, well, then I guess we both need to sleep here. But I'm not going to the couch, right? Because it's our house. It's my door. I don't have to knock on the door. I own the door. I can walk in out of my house. I can wear that door out if I want to. It doesn't matter to me. It's my door. I can walk in the house. I don't have to get permission to come in. I've never, Steph's never came up and knocked on the door and I went in and gone, oh man, I don't, you know, I'm not interested today. Thanks. Hey, come back tomorrow, okay? See you later. I never did that. It's her door. She can come in and out as many times as she wants to. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, if you're a visitor, how about knocking, right? How about trying that for one, for a Because if you're, if you're just company, no, now, some company... A little different, maybe. I, we've got some people that are fairly close. They'd probably just walk in. For the most part, visitors at least knock on the door. It's just what visitors, visitors do. Uh, I was thinking of a story. I'm just going to share it. That's just us, right, Sydney? And uh, I wanna, so when, when Sydney and Cameron first started dating, and we loved Sydney to death, and, and, but I didn't know her at all then. I just knew this girl by the name of Sydney. She had blonde hair. The only reason I knew that's because Stephanie and Mackenzie, they were like Facebook stalking to find out who we're talking about. So she comes over to visit and Cameron brings her in. We're like pleasantly surprised. I'm going, wow. She left. We was like, I like her. She's nice. She's a good one. She's a keeper. Like the next time she came, we, she was coming over to meet Cameron or something. I don't remember exactly what was going on. All I know is I'm in the back of the room and I, I have the back of the house and I hear, Hello. Hello, and I'm like, who is that? I walk out, she's standing in our living room. So uh, second time, you don't have to knock from then on out. Just come on in. Make yourself home. Standing there eating one of my sandwiches. I'm like, what are you doing? How long have you been here? Uh, <laughs> she said, that bed is comfortable. And I'm like, really? Uh, so, but, but the reality is this. Visitors knock. If God is really a resident in your life, 
He does not need permission to come into your house and begin changing up some stuff. If he really is a resident in your life, if he's really a resident in your life, he knows what's in your closets. He knows that. If he's really a resident, he knows what's in your garage. He knows all that junk. He already knows it. He already knows if you've set out the fine china just for him to put on the show or if you're really being the real you. He already knows it. He already knows if you're putting on your best behavior just for him or if, if, if you're really being the real you. He already knows when you walk in. I've been to people's houses many times. You walk in, it's like, oh, I know you don't keep your houses clean. No way. Not every day. We all know you cleaned it up just because you had come. And when you come to our house, if it is clean when you get there, you'll know good and well, we cleaned it up just for you. It's not like it all the time. God knows that about us. He knows, he knows that it's Sunday morning and some of you trying to get right with him on the way to church this morning just so you wouldn't feel so bad while he's in service. He knows that. He knows about it. He knows, he knows that you, you know, you're trying to get stuff cleaned up and and he's up here going, if you just let me live, I'd clean it up for you. I'd take care of that for you. He knows that. He, he, he knows if you're thinking of him regularly. You're not tricking God. You may trick us. You may come into church and we may leave here going, boy, there seems to be a real spiritual person. And you're not tricking God. If all you're doing is thinking about God on Sunday mornings, you're not thinking about him. Through, he knows that. He knows that already. He knows if you're making him knock or if you've just invited him in to stay. He already knows all of this stuff. So the question is this morning, is God a visitor or is he a resident? Is he a visitor or does he live in your heart? Does he live in your life? Have you allowed him to come in and stay? Again, it's by invitation only. God isn't a visitor who busts in and like squats in, in, in your house and stays there. No, it's by invitation only. He's knocking. Are you going to invite him in to stay? Or are you just inviting him in to visit? Big difference. Big difference. Where are you today?